Hey everybody and welcome to my next episode which is a Q&A with myself. I'm sitting here in Dublin looking out my glass wall at the back of my house sitting inside it's like a greenhouse the sun is shining in I'm absolutely roasting it's gorgeous the sky is blue and I'm just feeling like life is great at the moment. Um, so this week's episode is going to be Q&A. It is going to cover health, fitness and mindset questions. So a lot of questions come in all the time. I get questions on Instagram, WhatsApp from my eight week course. Loads of questions come in from all sides. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to get back to doing a Q&A podcast. So I might stick these in more often, the Q&A podcast as well. I know a lot of my podcasts do answer a lot of questions anyway. Most of it is, not most of it, all of it is science-based research um, through all my educational courses that I've done. But saying that, it's nice to just single out questions and go through them again so you don't have to listen to a full podcast on that particular topic. So the questions we're going to cover is, the biggest thing people are getting in at the moment is, my sleep is all over the place since last year, with the craziness of going on in the world. Does it affect my weight gain? Because I'm gaining weight, we're going to talk about that. The other one as well is, the question came in about carbs. Carbs is a big one, we're going to talk about that again now. Can you overeat on carbs? I'm looking for weight loss and I just feel like I'm not moving anywhere and I feel like I'm very carby with my food. We're going to talk about that as well and back it up with research, science-based research. Um, that's online and I will put the link here as well. The other one is sugar. I feel like I'm craving sugar a lot more and is there any way to help me stop with the up and down sugar binges and crashes? I love talking about that one. The other one is that came in is should I log my food if I still are recovering from an eating disorder, even if it was years ago? I'm going to answer that now as well. And the last one is I'm working out and not seeing results. Every day I work out, I'm not really seeing weight loss results. Any tips or tricks? So there you go. They're the questions that I am going to be answering within this podcast. I'm going to kind of keep the questions, the answers really short, so it's not overwhelming for you guys. This podcast is an educational, informational podcast only. Please bear in mind that everybody is individual. All the tips and tricks that I give within my podcast are just a general advice and informational advice for you guys. Because the best thing to do is work one-to-one with a professional in the area that you want to improve off your life. Um, So just remember that. Everything that I give here is for informational purposes only, either through my own um, educational um, skills, my own personal um, experience as well, or from coaching my clients. But just remember, everything's informational and everything, if you're really interested in improving an area of your life, please do seek out a professional to help you within that area. Either work with them one-to-one or within a group like I do with my guys. Um, And it's going to be so much more beneficial to you rather than just taking tips or tricks here and there, which do work and are great. But if you're continuing on a cycle and you just can't get off it, whether that's weight loss, um, binge eating, guilty eating, self-sabotaging with your lifestyle, please get in touch and I will leave my details at the end of this podcast. So without further ado... Let's get into the questions. Okay, let's get into the first question. Will I go on a low carbohydrate diet for weight loss? It worked for me in the past, a keto style diet. I lost a lot of weight, 
But now since the pandemic, I'm eating more carbohydrates, I'm drinking more and the weight is coming back on. So first of all, every diet underneath the rising sun, whether it's keto, whether it's the 5-2 diet, the Mediterranean diet, um, the fasting, all of them are a calorie deficit. The scientific way to lose weight or maintain weight if you feel like you're gaining it is to eat within a calorie deficit. Now, before you go making assumptions, like we know all your, in case you start saying to yourself, okay, we know the scientific and the benefits of having high fat, high protein in the diet. Yes, there is benefits of having high protein, high fat in the diet, less carbohydrates. The benefits would be you have two ways of getting energy sources in your body. Either one, you eat high fat, high protein, very low carbohydrates, still getting veg into your system and all that. And by eating very low carbohydrates, you don't have that energy, instant energy source in your body. So you need to start burning into your fat storage. That's totally fine to do that. And you do get good sustainable energy. But if you're still eating a very, very low calorie diet, even cutting carbs completely, and you're eating under a thousand calories per day, you are probably losing weight, but you're probably burning into eating into your muscle mass as well. And that's what we want to try avoid for under eating. Even if you are on the keto diet or even if you are on the Atkins diet or even if you're not eating any carbohydrates at all, we want to risk under eating and burning into your muscle mass. Because of course, if you're just using the scale as a measurement, um, what the scale measures is not only your fat, your muscle, your lean tissue, which is your muscle, your bone density, um, your water weight in your body as well and obviously if you're eating less carbohydrates the stored water is going to be down and the stored glycogen is going to be down in your muscle so you're naturally going to be lighter on the scale but that doesn't mean by going on a low carb diet that it makes your body composition look any better as in yes I'm losing weight but is it muscle mass that you're losing so going on a low carb diet there's a few factors you need to take on board Everything all comes down to a number, a calorie number to match your specific goal. That's what it all comes down to. It's like you're driving a car. It's a two liter mini. And let's just say you have the option to get cheaper diesel to put into that mini to run it. The mini, but the only thing we're putting the cheaper diesel in is that you probably have to refuel it every now and again with more food because you won't get as much, you won't get as more mileage out of it. Where if you went for the more um, expensive diesel and the diesel that was full of good quality fuel, that was, and it's the same price, that, okay, you're going to get longer in your journey and in your kilometers and your miles with the good quality fuel. And you don't have to stop in the petrol station as much with your car. Your diet is the exact same. It's the exact same as a car. We all have a number that we need to eat within a calorie number. It just depends on what fuel you want to eat, depending on your out end goal, if that makes sense. Now, the number does change. It gets higher and lower depending on your goal. But the best way to start is you need to get a maintenance calorie. You need to get a maintenance calorie to figure out where your starting point is. And calories are based on your age, your height and your weight and your activity level. So it's very kind of unique to you um, of what your calories are. 
And if you don't know where to find your calories, please go to the TDE calculator, the Total Daily Energy Expenditure Calculator online. Uh, put in your details. Make sure you put in the correct acti activity level. If you're walking every day or working out three times a week, the best number to put in is your activity level is three to five times a week. If you put in seven days a week, it's going to give you a lot more calories. And what about the days that you're not doing anything? Then you're eating more calories and you might not get to the desired goal that you want, which is probably a little bit of weight loss. But getting back to the calories and the carbs, like once you're eating within your calorie goal, like your maintenance is, it is what says in the tin, it's to maintain you at the weight you are now. If you're working out every day, you can obviously eat a little bit more calories over your maintenance calories because you're burning them off. If you're looking for weight loss, which is actual weight in the scale, which is a good measure if you have a lot, a lot, a lot of weight to lose. But the scale is not a good measure if you're on, if you've only seven pounds or under to lose. The scale is not a good measure because at that stage you're looking to change your body composition, which is you're losing inches. And there's a different program and a different plan for somebody that just wants to lose inches. That's called fat loss. That's increasing your resistance training, reducing your cardio, like vigorous cardio. It's okay to walk every day, but you need to increase, maybe go into your maintenance calories, increase your resistance training to build up that lean tissue mass and get the inches down on your body. So if you've like seven pounds or under to lose, I wouldn't bother even hopping on the scale, to be honest. I would just go by your clothes, by your inches, how you're feeling and how your body composition changes over an eight and 12 week period of being on a good plan with resistance training. But going back to carbohydrates, guys, it doesn't really matter. A study showed in 1975 subjects followed an ultra low calorie diet consisting of rice. It was a rice reduction diet, they cons which consisted of between 90 and 95% carbohydrates from rice and fruit. The subjects lost an average of 63.9 kilograms, which is 141 pounds. But by all means, like you can keep blaming carbohydrates and ignoring the calorie balance, which is getting a calorie goal suits your needs. But this study showed that people who ate within a calorie need or a calorie reduction, which is a calorie deficit, and their whole diet consisted of rice and fruit, they still lost weight. They still lost weight. Now, it's arguable to say that it is true since 1950 we have increased our consumption of processed carbohydrates because that's just the way the marketing for food and the food chain has went. So instead of eating from the grass or eating from the sea or eating from the vegetable plot that we would have in our garden, we're now eating from packaged foods from shops for convenience, for convenience. There's more takeaways, there's more alcohol, everything's just a bit more convenient to us. So what's happening now, and this will answer this lady's question, is especially in the pandemic, we had nothing else to do, only turn to food and alcohol. So my guess is that anyone that's putting on weight, even if it is high carbohydrates, is our overall consumption of calories has increased. And that is why you're putting on weight. So number one, your overall calorie consumption has increased, whether that's high fat with carbohydrates or with uh, protein and alcohol. My guess is that your overall calorie intake has increased and your activity level has decreased. 
because everybody now is sitting down their bums a lot more on laptops and in screens from remote working. So my guess is it's not the carbohydrates that's to blame. It's the overall, we need to look at the overall picture. Your overall calories has increased and your overall exercise has decreased. That's the problem here. So my advice to this question would be go get your calorie goal. Stick within your calorie goal. Don't go on stupid calories like under 1200 or under 1000 because that's not even feeding your organs. Your organs has a basic calorie need, which is your BMR. And usually that's 70% of your maintenance calories. So go on to the TDE calculator, total daily energy expenditure calculator, get your maintenance calories. That figure will give you your maintenance calories in the calculation. And if you're looking for fat loss, what I would do is maybe take two or 300 calories off that figure and just move your body every day with either walking, resistance training, a run or whatever. But remember, you, if you overdo your exercise and underdo your calories, you're going into diet mode again, and that's not sustainable whatsoever. Now, again, all this information I am giving you here within this podcast is general information, guidelines. It's not specific to you um, or if, like, please just don't run with this and go, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to cheat the system and I'm going to eat a thousand calories and I'm going to lose weight quicker. Yeah, you're going to lose weight quicker, but then you risk losing your muscle mass as well, which is very important. And women to retain your muscle mass from the age of 35 onwards, because that's a natural occurring thing that happens in us anyway. And that causes our metabolism to slow down. So very long answer to carbohydrates, but just remember the study that was done in 1975, the subjects in the study, their whole diet consisted of um, 90 to 95% of their diet consisted of rice and, fr- rice and fruit, and they still lost weight. That's because they kept within a calorie deficit. So I know carbohydrates has the devil written all over them because yes, you can get really fast weight loss results eating a really low calorie diet and a really low carb diet, but under what cost? Under what cost? Is it taxing on the body? Um, Are you losing too much weight? Which means that you're going to get premature aging. You're going to get more lines. You're going to get more sagging skin. You're going to lose muscle mass on your body. And when you lose muscle mass on your body, especially over the age of 40 onwards, you have to remember that you're losing muscle mass from your face as well. Your cheeks are muscle mass. And the first place that that weight goes from and muscle mass goes from on a woman is her face. And we instantly get older looking. So there's a few factors that you have to remember when you're looking for weight loss. Regardless if you're doing low carb, whatever, keto, the Mediterranean, the 5-2, the fasting is. At what cost is, what, what cost is your weight loss coming in at a tax in the body? A, energy. B, sleep. C, um, restricting yourself and deprivation. The next one would be, are you losing too much weight and striving for a number on a scale that's unrealistic and that's going to make, that's going to um, fast forward the the premature aging and you're going to get older before your years? And are you going to lose muscle mass on this low calorie, low carbohydrate diet? And if you're losing muscle mass, you're definitely losing your body shape. And especially if you want to look good in your clothes and feel good and be strong and support your older years, a stronger version of you going into your older years, please take my advice, advice on board and please don't undereat in your calories. Please don't cut carbohydrates out of your diet whatsoever. We need 
a certain amount of carbohydrates in our diet for energy. We definitely need protein in our diet. We definitely need good fats in our diet. Why not look at a sustainable, balanced way of living instead and come off the diet train and just look at your diet plate by plate. The easiest way I can say to you here is just look at breakfast, lunch and dinner. Have a carbohydrate, a protein and a good fat with your main three meals. And I promise you, you will feel fuller for longer. Your sugar cravings will reduce and you'll balance them out. And you're going to be more satisfied having your little bit of favorite carbs. Um, You're definitely going to be more satisfied. You can pick better carbohydrate sources like maybe sweet potato, like maybe brown whole grain rice that's going to keep you fuller for longer. But there's nothing wrong with having white bas- basmati rice with some lamb, low calorie, low salt soy sauce and some egg in it to make fried rice. There's still nothing wrong with it. What is wrong with it is the portion or size that you're having off it. That if your whole plate consists of, let's just say for dinner, all your plates covered in rice. And then you're having loads of avocado and loads of protein. And then afterwards you're having loads of ice cream. Wouldn't it be better to reduce your rice intake, increase your protein, have a moderate amount of good fat, and then have your ice cream afterwards if you want? It's the portions that you need to look at as well. And the only way you're going to know that is getting out a food tracking system and logging your food. There's loads of them online, my fitness pal, NutriCheck, all of them. But please, if you need advice, please get in touch and let me know because um, I definitely have programs there to support you in um, education of basic food education and how to live a more balanced, sustainable life with your food without always thinking that it has to be hard. It doesn't have to be hard. It's about finding what works right for you and finding the balance. And the only way you'll do that is getting the right education first, dropping the guilt around having certain foods that are so-called bad and finding the balance for you and tweaking it every week. And that's what it's all about tweaking it every week once you've struck that balance it's about tweaking it every week maybe going up and down here and there with certain food groups but that's totally fine nobody ever died from having a high carb diet when you think about it the poorer countries live on rice and they live on veg and they live on fruit because that's grown in the fields and they live perfectly fine they okay they might have more diseases to fight but they're still fighting them when you think about it you know it's just that we live in a more I suppose, luxury life where we've been sold luxury foods, which is avocados that are shipped in from other countries. Like we've been sold luxury foods and been charged more for these luxury foods. And to be honest, it's the same thing. Once It doesn't matter once you're eating within your calorie goal. It really doesn't matter. So let's just drop the guilt around that. Okay, that's a long question. Now, the next question I'm going to cover is about will, log, will logging food trigger old um, eating disorders. Now, I'm going to answer that in the next question. So, first of all, I am not an eating disorder specialist, but I do listen to a lot of podcasts on this subject because I think we all have a bit of an eating disorder in our own right, especially if we're always striving to look for different diets, striving to have diets really hard because we think they have to be hard to be restrictive. So, to be honest, I think we all have a touch of it. Just some people did some people have it a bit worse than others whether it's bulimia whether it's anorexia whether it's overeating um obesity which i don't particularly like that word anyway so we all have a little bit of a touch of it to be honest but will food log and trigger your your eating disorder 
I'm not an expert in that, but my advice I can give you is I thought that blogging food was going to trigger me being on a diet, but when you change your wording around it and why you're using it, it's it makes it a little bit more of an educational tool. Now, I'm fully aware that people with bulimia and people with anorexia know calories inside out. They know exactly what calories is in certain foods because they're looking for the lowest calories that they can have in order to reduce weight, whether that's to cure an internal suffering or internal emotions inside them. But generally, from my experience now with the course that I'm doing now, the RTT course, which is rapid transformation therapy, generally when people restrict their diet or they want to make themselves suffer from the inside is generally it's not feeling good enough. And generally they're lacking one of the basic needs that we need as human beings, either love, connection, food, sleep, or maybe they're feeding a bit of a trauma or maybe they've, they weren't feel, they just don't feel good enough in themselves. Maybe they had a shitty childhood Uh, They weren't getting attention and the only way to get attention was to lose weight and hope that someone might see them and ask them, are they okay? There's a lot of things that we'll say, there's a lot of reasons why eating disorders come about in the first place. But one of the most reasons is that they don't feel good enough. And that is generally down to childhood experiences or teenage experiences that they may have um, occurred. And sometimes these triggers, sometimes these eating disorders can be triggered in later life, depending on um, postnatal depression, um, a bad relationship, in a job that you don't like. And if you're away, coping mechanisms from years ago when you were a kid and a teenager was restricting your food and bulimia, anorexia, that has a tendency to always kind of be there. But my best advice to you would be have an awareness that it's always there is going to be so beneficial for you to manage your manage it a bit better. You're going to get triggered as I get triggered all the time from my past all the time. And I always have to have a chat with myself when the shit's hitting the fan. And if I feel like the self-sabotage is coming in a little bit, if I, my first instinct is, oh, I need a drink, I ask myself, why do you need that drink? Because I would have self-sabotaged with drink in the past. Like, you know, if all old thoughts coming in or arguing with my partner all the time, I ask myself, was I triggered from a past experience? Is there something going on here with me or is this just something that's been inflicted on me? So you need to ask yourself these things as well. But getting back to the question is, look, I like to class logging food as an educational tool to know that you're looking at fats, protein and carbohydrates, that you're getting enough nutrition into your body because generally people eat very low calories. And when people come to me and my fitness pal is renowned for giving people very, very low calories. So that's why I urge you that if you're looking to make sure that you're eating enough food and eating good enough nutrition to just maybe log your food for a week or two to get a starting point to make sure that you're getting enough nutrition in. Because the only thing I look at within these tracking systems is, food tracking systems is, fats, protein and carbohydrates to make sure I'm getting enough off them. Because once you're getting enough fats or good protein, fats and carbohydrates is in really good filling nutrient dense carbohydrates like veg, fruit, good brown bread, rice, sweet potato, you're going to keep, keep be fuller for longer anyway. 
And generally when people come onto my programs and I give them a calorie goal, now some people are happy not log their foods, they're just happy writing it down. But then they like, they want to know, they're like, okay, I need to use this as an educational tool to see where I'm at with my nutrients and my, my macros. And that's, if you can change your wording around log and food, you're not using it as, an estri- as a restrictive tool because that can trigger your old past eating disorder. You're using it as a tool, an educational tool. Now, my best advice would be is that if you've come from a space where you've had an eating disorder by logging calories and being really restrictive, well, then my best advice is not to log your calories because that's definitely going to be a massive trigger if that was the root cause or the the vehicle that helped to get into that eating disorder in the past, well, then my best advice would be from a personal stance is don't log your food, but just maybe take note of your food to make sure on a piece of paper or a diary every week that you're eating enough calories and that you're eating enough food and that it's nutrient dense and it's serving its purpose to keep you fuller for longer, keeping you satisfied and giving you the best energy source that you need for a day to day basis. Plus, logging your food or even writing it down once a week and making a food plan of what dinners you're going to cook, what breakfast you're going to cook. Look, it has massive benefits. It means that you're going to be saving money in your shopping. You're going to have a plan of action. You know what meals you're cooking. You'll be able to food prep a bit better and time saving as well. Like there's lots of other benefits. But from a triggering point of view, from an eating disorder, I would ask yourself what's going on around you and this is my personal stance and this is my professional stance from the course I'm doing now. What are you trying to control that you can't control around you in your in your environment? Is there something going on in your life that's out of your control and that you feel the need to start controlling your food again um, for pleasure or for maybe a self-sabotage or maybe you just want to like give yourself a little bit of pain what is going on in your environment is it your lifestyle is it your job what is something's not going right in your environment that you feel like you have to control and punish yourself with restrictive calories and punishing yourself with feeling hungry or bulimia or anorexia or even obesity that you're eating your emotions something's going on it's an unmet need that's happening in your life So kind of ask yourself, what's going on? Do you really need to punish your body with lack of food or overeating or over drinking or over smoking? Why are you punishing your body? And is it a control tactic that you need to do because you can't control what's going on in your environment? Ask yourself these questions because guys, if you're listening to this and I'm not an eating eating disorder expert, I only know what I know from my um, course and from listen to podcasts and stuff like that and if you are being triggered definitely please contact the professional that helped you originally in the first place and just maybe go back and have one or two sessions with them just to reset and reboot but from my professional um, knowledge right now is there's an unmet need somewhere in your life or something's out of control in your environment that you can't control and you feel like the only thing you can control is your diet and you think by controlling your diet and being restrictive or maybe overeating and then uh, puking it out again or obesity, that this is going to make you feel better and the pain is a suffering is going to make you feel better. It's not. Been there, done that, wore the t-shirt. Been there, done that with alcohol. Been there, done that with drugs. Been there, done that with just 
not looking after myself properly, the only person that gets hurt in the end is you. So my best advice to be is take control of the controllables in a good, positive way. What can you control that gives you a better outcome? I can control my hours in my day. We all have the same amount of hours. I can control that I'm going for a walk out in fresh air because that makes me mentally feel better. I can control my sleep patterns. I can control going to bed earlier because I know if I get an adequate amount of sleep, um, I'm not going to be as triggered with all the shit that's happening around me in my environment that I can't control. Because once I get an adequate amount of sleep, I'm able to make a better decision the next day. You know, maybe you're insomnia and maybe you're all over the place and anxiety is high at the moment. Ask yourself why the anxiety is high. Okay, we can't, again, it comes back to control tactic. We can't control the pandemic. Let's not try control it. Let's try just control our own environment. Um, again, bringing it back to your hours, bringing it back to good food, bringing it back to meditation, bringing it back to controlling the thoughts and images that comes up in your head because your brain is, your brain responds to thoughts and images and if you're constantly thinking of hurting yourself or self-sabotaging with really low calories with uh, bulimia with obesity or eating your emotions and you're constantly thinking that that's the right thing to do you need to start changing the words that you're saying to yourself and the images that are coming up in your mind you need to start thinking healthy you need to start thinking food is good for me food is not the enemy food is nourishing me I don't need to punish my body with this overeating a food or undereating a food I need to nourish my body I need to love my body so you need to start talking nicely to yourself but I hope that answers your question down to off on a tangent again will I'm afraid to start logging my food in case it triggers my eating disorder if you're saying that well maybe it will trigger eating disorder and don't do it but my advice would be is the only reason I log food is I use it as an educational tool to make sure I'm not undereating because that would have been a really bad habit of mine years ago was I'd undereat and I was actually doing myself out of food, which meant that I had low energy, bad skin, irritable mood all over the place. And I was just a cranky bitch. And that affected not only me, but my relationship with myself and others. So logging food helped me actually eat more food, which was really clever as well. So there's actually nice ways to do it as well um but if you're really good at intuitive eating and just knowing when to eat every three hours but that's that intuitive eating is bullshit as well like get yourself a planner write down your three main meals what you're going to have protein fats and carbohydrates lovely snacks stick to that food diary because we're all leading a busy life we forget to eat and then our blood sugar levels get low and we're binging on sugar and then we think there's something wrong with us there's nothing wrong with us life just got busy we're trying to deal with a lot of shit in the world right now at the moment. We're trying to balance out our our day to make sure that we're not stuck at a laptop all day or we're not homeschooling all day and we're not cleaning the house all day. We're trying to balance out our day as best we can. So give yourself a little bit of compassion. And you do what suits you. If you think that logging food is going to trigger the crap out of you, please don't do it. But if you feel like you're under eating and that logging food is going to be a great educational tool for you to help you increase your calories. So for more energy and better life, balanced life, living with food, do it. But please seek out your professional that helped you originally with your eating disorder. If you feel like you're gone into a dark space with that eating disorder, well, then I would contact your professional that helped you and just have a little bit of a reset session with them. 
Okay, the next one is sleep. I feel like my sleep is all over the place since the pandemic and I still can't regulate it and get it back to normal. So, and I feel like my weight is gain, gaining, I'm gaining weight, so any tips or tricks? Would you believe I just got a message this morning on Instagram from a follower that I've never heard from before? Um, I think she listened to my podcast and stuff like that. And she said, I just want to thank you for recommending the MAG 365 Magnesium. She goes, I haven't, my anxiety levels have come down and my sleep has been more regulated. And even with my teenage son, he feels like his anxiety has reduced a lot as well. All thanks to taking supplement magnesium. Now, a few factors come into play with irregular sleep patterns. Yes, anxiety. Yes, the pandemic. Yes, it may. Your uh, regular sleep is down to going to bed later naturally because we're working from home and we don't have to do the commute. So that is naturally going to kind of mess up your whole sleep cycle as well. Um, believe it or not, we have a full moon every month and the full moon wrecks our sleeping cycle as well. Because when the moon is full and at its highest, of course, the moon pulls and drags energy. And if the moon and the sun regulates the water and the sea, we're, our bodies are made up of 75% water. So, of course, when it's a full moon, it's going to pull and drag on our water energies within our body, which does disrupt our sleep as well. So there's a few things that does disrupt sleep, but stress is definitely a factor. Um, but you can help that by going out into fresh air every day and getting that fresh air into your body, getting the vitamin D if there's a bit of sun out, but moving your body every day and getting that fresh air and oxygen in is going to help uh, promote a better night's sleep. The other thing that's going to promote a better night's sleep as well is not always being on diet mode and under eating in your calories. When you're on severe diet mode, you're not getting enough nutrients in and you're not feeding your body enough and that you're probably going to bed hungry and your body needs a certain amount of calories every day in order to in order for your organs to work efficiently so when your your organs need let's just say your maintenance calories is 2000 calories to survive the way you are now the weight you are now and the height and your age your organs takes up 70% of those maintenance calories so if you're eating, let's just say mine is 2,000 maintenance. Mine is actually 2,400 maintenance calories based on my age, my height and my activity level. And if I'm under eating and only eating 1,200 calories, I'm not even feeding my organs because you have to remember your muscle is an organ as well. So maybe you're under eating and on diet calories and you could be eating like lots of sugar. Maybe you're drinking lots of alcohol at night time. It has been proven in studies that even one alcoholic drink upsets your sleep cycle and that you continuously wake up throughout the night with just one glass of alcohol. So if you're having alcohol every night, especially during the pandemic, that can have an effect on disrupted sleep as well. Just remember that as well. So and of course, if you're lacking in magnesium, that um, having a good amount of magnesium in your body helps promote a better night's sleep. So my tips would be... Number one, try manage your time a little bit better during the day or 12 hour period, especially if you're working at home, that you're up early, you're getting a walk or a workout in, you're building up that stamina, you're building up that energy and you're building up that sleep cycle by getting up the same time you would that if you're in work as if you're going to work, go to your commute, your work, commute to work. So let's just say you're getting up at six, even though you're not working till nine and you're working in your kitchen. Use that time effectively in the morning to release and build up some energy as well. And make sure you get outside for fresh air during the day. 
make sure you try reduce your alcohol consumption during the week because one alcoholic drink can upset your sleep routine and make sure you're not on diet calories all the time and that you're eating an adequate amount of food that you're reducing coffee as well coffee has a massive negative impact on the body and especially now i've had a lot of phone calls from people who um, availed of the 10 minute uh, weight loss advice call that i'm offering you can join and you can uh, book in for this call as well i'll leave the link in the show notes no problem at all no matter where you are in the world a lot of people were drinking coffee right up until three o'clock and then having their first meal that is far too much coffee guys that if you're having two three four cups coffee a day one serving a coffee stays in your system for six hours and if you're having five cups of coffee a day before three o'clock you're basically wired to the moon and your body's going to find it hard to get into that rest mode at night time. And plus, you're probably not eating enough nutrients as well, especially if you're not eating till three o'clock. So a few factors come into play there. An adequate amount of water, less coffee, um, good nutritious food during the day, not on diet mode all the time, fresh air, um, and magnesium supplement will also help relax the nervous system, especially if you're feeling a little bit anxiety during the pandemic. Definitely magnesium supplement, MAG365. It's absolutely amazing. Ready available daily magnesium supplement. I would recommend Coin Health online on healthybuzz.ie if you feel like you're really anxious. That supplement, that magnesium supplement is really powerful off the way it's absorbed into the body. If you're really ang- anxious, I would get Coin's Health magnesium on healthybuzz.ie. I'm not anyway affiliated. It's really strong. It is expensive, it's 36 euro, but one one pack will do you and then you can go back to mag 365 every day one. So it's like you're given an injection of magnesium with the Coins Health one and then reduce it to mag, which is cheaper, it's like 15 euro for a tub. But if coin, if you're not in a position to buy the coin magnesium, just go on to mag 365. Guarantee you that's going to be an instant hit of relaxation and less anxiety and you're going to sleep better as well if you're using mag 365 to help you sleep take um, a shot of it before you go to bed at night time job done it's like your natural sleeping tablet but sleep lack of sleep especially if you have little kids or if you have a husband that snores or a partner that snores and you're stopping and going lack of sleep has proven in studies to increase your appetite by 22% the next day. 22%. Now, studies also have shown that people with sleep um, disorders and insomnia has lost weight once they stuck within a calorie deficit for their goal. So it all comes back to just sticking within the number every day um, just for freedom of choice with food as well. All of my members who have completed my eight-week course, I hop on a call with them and they say freedom a lot within the call. That logging calories gives them freedom to choose foods either for energy, for more satisfaction, or if some days they're just not up to it and they're having their period and they want more chocolate, it's freedom to include that chocolate within their calorie goal. But that's what mostly the members say to me after my eight week uh, mind and body rework program is freedom, freedom from not being on diets and freedom that they can just eat foods that they enjoy within a calorie goal, knowing that they're still um, they're still being fed properly. They're not under eating and that they've just more freedom of choice. So 
sleep has an effect on weight gain by 22% if you're not watching what you're eating to a degree if your goal is weight loss. But like if you have that calorie number to stick to, make sure it's not low calories, guys. I cannot stress that enough because that's not good. That messes your head up even more. Get professional advice. Get on to me. Um, I will lead you in the right direction. But that's sleep. Um, but what I would say is everyone, everyone has a list of things that they'd love to work on and love to fix in their life. But I would say make a list from one to ten and one to five and start with start working on number one first. That okay, if weight loss is your goal and weight you're carrying extra weight and it's really bringing your mood down, we'll put weight loss on top. Now, but underneath is what's going to help you with your weight loss. And if you feel like, oh my God, my sleep is all over the place, that's really bad. Put sleep number two. Then if you feel like, oh God, I'm definitely having a lot more sugar, put sugar number three. Oh God, I'm definitely not drinking enough water, put water number four. And start ticking off your list, working on each number as you go. Spend one week working on your sleep. Spend one week working on your water. Spend one week working on um, less sugar. Another week working on balancing out your meals. And this is exactly what I cover on my eight-week course. The eight-week course is an eight-week module. Shameless plug here, but guys, if you're on, if you're, if you're relating to these questions, well, then you need to be on my course because the first week we cover food, how to balance out your meals, for weight loss and for less blood sugar or less um, blood sugar spikes. And the second week we talk about habits, how they're created, how to break them, all scientific uh, research with the brain. The second week we talk about hormones. Next week, we talk about stress. The next week, we talk about sleep. So each week, you're really only concentrating on one thing at a time. That's the best way to do it, not to overwhelm yourself. So I hope that gives you some more clarity with sleep. Yes, disruptive sleep can cause um, extra 22% extra calorie consumption the next day, which, of course, over a longer period of time will cause weight gain. But you can control it. Um, as well once you have the right plan of action and just stick within a calorie goal or a meal goal per day with portion control that suits you and your goal so the next question sorry my daughter's letting the dog outside so you'll hear the door working out and not seeing results so you're working out every day or six days a week either walking work a mile in 30 or run or resistance training or whatever working out looks like to you and you're not seeing results. So first of all, I would ask the question of, are you working out to lose weight, as in you have 14 pounds plus more to lose? Or are you working out to create muscle tone? Because there's a difference with weight loss and fat loss. So weight loss is you've lots and lots and lots of uh, pounds to drop off your body um, that you want to do, you just want to be healthy. That's weight loss. You're looking for a number on the scale. But if you're looking for fat loss and to tone your body, that's not weight loss. You're looking for inch reduction and you're looking for fat loss. So you're not really looking at the scale. So if you've seven pounds or less to lose, well, you think you have to lose because you're going by the weighing scale as your measurement. I would drop the weighing scale. And the next question I would ask you is, this is if you have seven pounds under to lose, is ditch the weighing scale because you're not looking for weight loss. You're looking for fat loss, which is inch loss. How do you get inch loss? So you get inch loss by, I need, I would need to know what your workouts look like 
for six days a week. If it's all cardio based, well, then you're probably on the wrong fitness plan to suit your goal. So if your goal is to tone up, you're happy with your dress size, you just want to be less jiggly. Well, then what I would say is let's look at your six days of working out and let's um, give you a plan of action to suit your goal, which is inch loss. So out of those six days, I would say to you, try have three three minimum of those working out days resistance training, lifting weights, building up your weight resistance that you're starting off slow and building up your weight. You need to increase your resistance in order to bring in to build muscle tone, which will give you inch loss and which is fat loss. And then the other three days, I would look at just maybe going for a walk, reducing your vigorous cardio that if you're running five, six days a week and you're looking for fat loss, well, then what you're doing is you're doing lots of vigorous cardio. And especially if you're in diet mode as well, which you're under eating your calories, what happens is you lose muscle mass. Too much cardio and undereating results in uh, low muscle mass. Low muscle mass reduces in um, jiggly bits hanging out everywhere that you don't feel that you're toned and that the goal you're aiming for is to feel toned, feel nice and toned and strong. Well, then you need to change your plan. So the plan I would suggest is get off diet calories, go into your maintenance calories. This is if you have seven pounds less to lose. Go into your maintenance calories, which you can find on the TDE calculator. If you're still working out six days a week, brilliant. I would suggest doing resistance training three times a week like I do on my Lean 30. We've now changed the timetable again that it's strength conditioning Monday, Wednesday um, and a little bit of uh, resistance training on Tuesday as well or Friday. So you're getting three days resistance training and then walk every other day. So you just need to reduce your cardio a little bit and up your weights and that do that for eight to 12 weeks. And all of a sudden you will start seeing greater fat loss results, more toned body, less jiggle and trust the process that what you're doing is going to get you the results that you need. If you do love that sweaty feeling like there is there is hit sessions, strength conditioning hit sessions you can do that's still working on weights, weight based exercises, but just giving you that little bit of hit in between. But like you can do a fast power walk that gives you the sweat as well. Maybe push it to running once or twice, but not for long distances because long distances will decrease the muscle mass on your body as well, which is not giving you the desired results that you need. I just need some water. If you have 14, 7 pounds plus to lose, 7, 10, 14 uh, 15, 20 pounds plus to come off your body that you just want to feel healthy and feel stronger and lighter. Well, then what I would say then is if you're working out six days a week and you have seven pounds, 10, 14, whatever to lose, I would say that you're still overeating somewhere, somewhere because the science proves that if you're overeating to the amount that you need, you're going to put on weight. So again, I would advise maybe just keeping track of your food because food slips in every now and again emotionally um especially during now we're feeling lonely we're feeling anxiety we're definitely more anxious we're not sleeping as much of course we're going to be eating more food through emotionally eating as well and usually emotional eating we forget that we do it because we're so used to using that coping tool eating to kind of survive that we forget that we do it. So you're definitely more than likely overeating somewhere along the day. So if you're working out six days a week 
and you have 7, 10, 14 pounds plus to lose, um, there's overeating somewhere along the way. And that needs to be just monitored a little bit, either through tracked or logging or writing it down or planning a bit better or food prepping a bit better, that you can reach your goal, which is to feel um, less sluggish probably, uh, drop a few pounds, healthy the healthy way, not just to look a certain way. And um, that in return then will bring more energy, more self-achievement, more self-control that, yeah, I've got this, you know, I know what I'm doing here. So I hope that helps with the working out. I definitely wouldn't be used working out as a weight loss tool if you're already quite slim because that has negative effects on your body. It reduces, it increases the risk of injury that if you're vigorously working out six days a week and you're quite slim as already, that's not good for your mental health. That's not good for your body. You're you're going to increase the risk of burnout, the risk of injuries. So look again, try strike that balance and use working out as a tool to make you feel better rather than as a tool to kind of push you into that punishment state again, which is like a bit of an eating disorder in its own right. It's a work, it's a, it's a, it's a disorder in its own right that you're using maybe workouts as a control tactic. Now, I definitely use workouts to make me feel good um, and I use it as my therapy. So rather than using it as a punishment or a weight loss tool, use it as therapy. Moving your body every day is good for your brain. It's good for your head. It's good for the endorphins. And the the positive return out of that is, yeah, great. It's going to change your body composition. But if you're if you're at a really kind of slim state with your body already, I would kind of reassess your working out, reassess the quality of your workouts, the duration of them. Are they all cardio based? And then reassess the food that you're taking in to match your workouts that you're not under eating and causing low energy and causing irritable mood because over exercising and under eating causes a lot of other problems that we need to take into consideration low mood bad skin and then if you're under eating over exercising that's going to cause your sleep to be disrupted as well your mood oh, has loads of negative effects guys so you know strike the balance strike the balance and your 12-hour waking day that, yeah, you're moving your body for 30 minutes because it makes you feel good, whether that's a run, a walk, a, a resistance training, whatever. We have a great selection now on our programs that we have a running program, we have a resistance training program with Lean 30. I always encourage walking for your head and I always encourage balanced way of living with your food because that's the nice way of living, you know? It's the nice way of living. So just to, just to recap and kind of end this podcast I would say just look at your 12 hour day, you're waking to your, till your sleep, the minute you wake up to the minute you go to bed and where can you fit in everything that you love on that day that makes you feel good and not just because you have to do it to punish yourself or for weight loss and my waking hour, my 12 hour waking hour day looks like this, I get up in the morning, I do my workout, um, I eat my breakfast, I do what I have to do, I get, I do my work in bulks of three hours in the morning and then the afternoon because obviously I have the kids and we need to do things and we've lunch and we've dinner and then you know I looking at the sun here now my daughter said to me you know can we go down to the post office and pick up my parcel I'm like yeah we'll walk because the fresh air will do the world of good because to be fair I've sat in front of the laptop for a few hours and so is my kids so the walk will do is the world of good we're not walking for weight loss we're walking to get out in fresh air and get the vitamin d so you know once you have your needs met 
on your 12-hour day, as in 30 minutes workout is enough, regardless if that's a walk or regard, regardless if that's a run, a resistance training session, whatever. I would advise getting another 30 minutes walk in, in your day somewhere for your, we'll say your head. So working out to me is resistance training or a run or machines or whatever, or yoga class or Pilates. Your walking then should be something that you use for headspace extra during your day for a light, casual walk to listen to the birds, listen to a podcast, do whatever. So then after that is three meals a day, consistent of fats, protein and carbohydrates, mostly protein, mostly a little bit of good fats, a moderate amount of carbohydrates, but mostly protein, veggies and all that jazz. Two snacks, lads. If one of your snacks is a glass of wine in the evening time, look at it more power to you go do it that's balanced living at least then you're getting a little bit of um you're getting a little bit of pleasure in the evening time with your snack and really enjoying it knowing that you had a great day of balanced living to and you know and then after that then it's just looking at your sleep patterns but I guarantee you once you start ticking off the list of getting the food right and more balanced getting the water more intake of water the only supplements that you need to take is vitamin D, magnesium right now, maybe a fish oil. That's the only thing you need to take. Um, then looking at, make sure you leave your desk and you're getting out for a walk. Definitely getting your workout out of the way early in the morning is feckin' really beneficial because now with the evenings getting brighter, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen in the evening time or how tired you're going to be and all that jazz. But then again, if you like working out in the evening time and you've no kids and it suits you, go do it. But I just know 90% of my ladies have kids like me and we just need to get our our workout out of the way in the morning and then use the, the daytime to get the walk in or whatever. So... Guys, I hope this podcast was beneficial to you. It was a bit long, but I just thought I'd come on and address some of the questions being answered. Again, this, all of my podcast, guys, and I can't stress it enough, is informational-based podcasts. It's not personalised. It's not a personalised programme for you, my podcast, because everybody's individual. Everybody's needs are individual. Everybody's stresses are individual. Everybody has different stuff going on in their life. But these are kind of tips and tricks to let you know that there is light at the end of the tunnel and you don't need to be always going vigorous with everything. And with that said, ladies, I do have my eight-week course. Enrollment is coming up now for my eight-week course. It's starting March the 15th. I have a hundred euro off discount off that eight-week course and it reduces down to 299. If you're looking to improve all areas of your life, from sleep to food to stress to more balanced living to, and want to be want to have support and guidance along the way and just really get your baseline health right once and for all and find what works for you with food and exercise within my eight-week mind and body rewire is definitely 100% for you and um, I would get on to that if you're unsure Go look at my website, www.creenaduffy.com. Go to the programs, look under Bind a Body Rewire. All the information is there. You can sign up straight away. Um, it is backed up by 120 recipes, um, a course manual as well. We have calls every week for the eight weeks, even nine weeks because we've an ending call. You do get a call with me at the beginning privately and you do get a call with me at the end. So for 299 
and there's generally 10 to 15 people on the course you're actually getting a course that's worth a lot more but I just want to make it really affordable for people right now especially what's going on in the world and just be able to give the support that you need from me um I love it the girls love it the girls get great results from it not even weight loss results just more clarity and more feeling of in control knowing what they're doing and freedom and so yeah get on to that I will leave my call booking link that if you want to hop on a 10 minute call to ask me anything you want non-salesy even just for me to be able to give you advice no matter where you are in the world I will leave the call booking link in the notes the show notes and I'll leave my website link there as well and sure I'd love to chat to you regardless if you live in Australia South America America wherever Japan China Spain let's hop on a call and um I'll give you any advice that I can um, without being salesy or pushing you to get onto one of my courses because that's not what I do. I always, anyone that comes onto my courses always really wanted to come on knowing that they're going to learn something new without me being pushy with them to come on and that's the best way to do because then you're going to be ready for it and you know you're going to get the best results as well. So that's it guys. Thanks so much for listening to my podcast. As always, if you found the podcast really good, Give me a DM on Instagram. That's where you'll find me. Yeah, feel free to hit the star rating and let me know. Rate the show because the more you rate the show and the more you interact with the show, the more it comes up in the rankings and the more people that can get these tips and tricks. So guys, until next week, thanks so much.